A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hear now what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Surely the light and the love of God is with us in this place this morning. I um, remember when I was in divinity school, there was an exercise we had to do as part of our New Testament class. At the end of the semester, our final was that we would receive chapters and um, verses from various scripture, and we were supposed to be able to say what that chapter from that gospel was about. And I remember being so anxious trying to remember it all and hold it all in and worried that I wouldn't be able to. But I had a friend who told me this, and it was something that stuck with me, that these men all these years ago, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, they were men who were trying to make sense of life and to tell the story of faith as best they could. And I think this morning we've heard a fifth gospel. We've heard the gospel according to Jennifer and Mary Beth, the gospel according to Janine. Maybe there's a fifth gospel according to Gretchen or to Nancy. Maybe there's a fifth gospel according to Corinne. See, our lives themselves are gospels, for they tell the stories of the ways that Christ is still living and breathing in our midst today. And I think when we take moments to see and to experience that gospel, to see our lives as a continuation in the story of faith, we see the ways that God is not some distant figure far away, but with and in each of us. In one of her books, Accidental Saints, Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber creatively imagines Jesus' words of the Sermon on the Mount, the, be, the Beatitudes. And I wonder, too, what these verses, if they were spoken today by Jesus on some mountain somewhere, what, what Jesus would say now. And I think... At the core of this passage, we see that Jesus' message of divine love isn't exclusionary. It's not for some powerful, privileged people, but it's for all people, and maybe especially the meek and the lowly. That divine love is for everyone. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was um, growing up, I think I was probably in high school, when 
those rubber band bracelets came out that had WWJD, what would Jesus do, emblazoned on them. And standing up here today, I can't help but wonder not only what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus say? In the example that Pastor Boltzweber has given, I have taken the words of that Sermon on the Mount, and I have creatively imagined maybe, maybe, this is what Jesus' words might be to each of us. It starts in the Gospel, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But maybe, too, blessed are those who worry and live paycheck to paycheck. Blessed are those who are trying to make it on minimum wage. Blessed are those who wonder where their next meal will come from. Blessed are those who wait in line at food pantries and soup kitchens. Blessed are those who wait for checks from the state that may never come. Blessed are the children who are on free and reduced lunch. May they know that there is nothing that is free or reduced about them. Blessed are those who do not have enough. May they know that they are enough. Blessed are the mothers and the fathers who struggle to hold it all together, taking it all on so that others don't have to. May they feel God carrying their burden with Blessed are mothers who carry babies to borders, clinging for the hope of a better life. Blessed are the children. Blessed are the children. Blessed are all the children. Kids who know too soon the power of poverty, scouring streets for something to eat. From the slums of Guatemala to rural Appalachia, blessed are the children who live in fear of violence, where homes aren't safe havens and summer streets aren't places for water fights, but real gun battles as shots are fired and blood pours forth. Blessed are the children. And by that, I don't just mean the little ones, but I mean each and every one of us, for we are all God's children. Blessed are the children who wrestle with mental health, with anxiety and depression, where chemicals and social climates create realities where they may not hear God calling them beloved. Blessed are those who look beyond me and mine and more. And blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers who hope and dream and know and work for a world that is different than this broken one that we live in. Blessed are the peacemakers. And blessed are each and every one of us for all that we carry and for all that we are. For each and every one of us is a child loved and blessed, united in our humanity, bound in love, and called to be co-creators of God's kingdom. I wonder, I wonder if this is what Jesus' sermon would look like, and what Jesus would say.
Maybe he would say this, and maybe he would say so much more. But I also wonder what Jesus would do. On a bathroom wall in my home, there hangs a piece of art. Maybe it's to provide people some reading material as they sit there to think. Maybe it's to cover a nail hole that the owner before us put there. And maybe we put it there because it's beautiful in its meaning. This piece of art is a print of a couple sitting on a tree swing looking out over a rising moon or setting sun. It's not quite sure. And this piece of art, this print is put on the page of an old dictionary. And the page goes from the word sacrifice to safari, and you can read all the words in between. But that word, sacrifice, is one that I come back to time and time again. See, I used to think that the word sacrifice was negative, that it was giving something up that would be painful and uncomfortable, maybe even messy. That it was the worst, and I didn't want to have to sacrifice anything to let go of the things that I wanted, but my, uh, my Latin language loving husband <laughs> told me this once, and occasionally his words stick when he tells me things, but not all the time. <laughs> But that the word sacrifice, the word sacrifice means to make holy. And so I wonder for each of us, what are the ways that we can sacrifice? Maybe we can give financially to organizations like Common Hope or Precious Blood Ministries. Maybe we can sacrifice our pride acknowledging that there are systems of racism and classism they give many of us privileges that others are not afforded. And in letting go of that pride, calling us to recognize the ways that God calls all his children, all God's children, all her children, that all of the children deserve dignity and to live free from fear. Maybe we can sacrifice our own ideas of having it all together and admit that something maybe just isn't right in our life, or it's not perfect, or it's not what we hoped for. Maybe we can admit when something is really wrong, and we can be honest, and we can ask for help. Maybe there will be a day when we pray for members in our church who struggle with mental health in the same way that we, struggle, we pray for members who struggle and fight with cancer. Maybe we sacrifice for our earth, for God's creation, and choose simple acts that can create enormous change for our planet, adding intentionality and asking questions. Maybe we can sacrifice. Maybe we can make holy and in doing so feel God's holiness pouring in and through us, out into the world. In a minute, we will be leaving the sanctuary together to make holy and to affirm and bless the holiness and the promises our church makes to be a place of peace and justice in the world. So I'm going to ask you, 
to grab your coat. I left mine down there if you want it. Maybe it's a nicer day than it was earlier this morning. Here's to hoping. Oh, thanks, Beth. Wow, what a, what a gentleman. This is a luxury. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I invite you to put on your coat, and as we sing our final hymn, to recess with us out into the front lawn.